because once you get to the promised land, your ministry, your miracle, your child's breakthrough, generally there are three things that must fall. In the next few chapters, they're highlighted no better in the Bible than the book of Joshua. Joshua being a clear foreshadowing of the Christ covenant of the New Testament. We understand that in the Old Testament, this would foreshadow a Christ given totally to Christ, also a spirit-filled walk. Somebody say amen. amen. In that spirit-filled walk, we see clearly in Joshua, first of all, the inward part is always present to be worked on, but generally the first thing you've gotta do is move forward and you can't walk around your problem You've got to let God bring that problem down. Secondly, at AI, then there's generally something on the inside that we've buried deep that we don't want to deal with. But how many know the Holy Ghost just knows how to read our mail as a gentleman and bring that thing out for our betterment? Can somebody say amen? amen. And then the third week, I'm going to preach about Gibeon, how the enemy would try to uh, cover himself to bewitch us to trick us to be wolves wrapped up in sheep's clothing. And if we're not careful, we can allow the devil to have a place at the table. But oh, thank God for the Holy Ghost that would give us discernment to show us that the enemy has no place there and he can't jump in bed with us because God will cast him out. Can somebody say amen? That happened this week with one of our members. Not knowing an individual, God gave them a word and it was a God word. Thank God for his protection. Verse one. Now Jericho was securely shut up because of the children of Israel. None went in and none came out. And the Lord said to Joshua, see, powerful verse. I've given Jericho into your hand, its king and its mighty men of valor. You shall march around the city, all you men of war. You shall go around the city once. This shall you do six days. And the seven priests shall bear seven trumpets of ram's horns before the ark. But the seventh day, you shall march around the city seven times, completion. And the priests shall blow the trumpets. Shall come to pass when they make a long blast with the ram's horns. And when you hear the sound of the trumpet, that all the people shout with a great shout, then the wall of the city will fall down flat and the people shall go up every man straight before him. One more verse. Then Joshua the son of Nun called the priests and said to them, take up the ark of the covenant. Father, today it is my desire to see walls fall in this house. Depression, anxiety, addiction, confusion, manipulation, false witness, hypocrisy, lying spirit, thievery, whatever it may be that has been masked. And we cross the river, we're on this side of the camp, we're two inches away from the blessing and the miracle, but we can't go any further because the walls stand there and laugh at us and they tell us how big they are and they tell us how strong they are and they tell us things like this, your daddy didn't do it, your mama couldn't do it, 
and you're not going to cast it down either. But God, I also hear on the other side of me a voice that says, with God, all things are possible. But the modern day church has got the opinion of themselves that we think better of ourselves than what's really authentic according to scripture. My God, today, can we not lean on the flesh? Can we not brag about our brute strength and our money and our ideology? And can we just rest on the Holy Ghost and say, God, if it's gonna be done, I can't defeat this devil. This devil is large, but God with you, I know this Goliath will fall. In Jesus' name, walls fall. In Jesus' name, everyone said, Amen. You may be seated. Look to your neighbor and say, the wall's coming down. Don't let your mind go anywhere other than the sanctuary with that thought. Moving forward, let the walls fall. After chapter five, where the children have prepared themselves, sanctified themselves, even circumcision was made to remind us of the covenant that was with God. Passover observed to remind them that God still works miracles among them. Now in chapter six, they are ready to move forward. But this forward movement is different because this forward movement realizes that now we're about to face a new giant, a new devil, a new situation. There are walls that are fortified, 300 foot wide, a tall, excuse me, 65 foot wide, there are walls and giants there now that are bigger than we've ever seen. And they remind us that if we're gonna possess what God has said we can possess, then we can't do it upon our own power. The good news is this though, that God never leaves us to ourselves. Knowing that who we really are, God always has a strategic plan to get us through on our journey. God does not leave us to our own power or our own strength with our efforts to be excellent, which is noble, and with our efforts to do ministry with class and with a spectacular spirit, which is, which is good and it's the way it should be, may we never exile the power of Almighty God from our church. Why our videos can capture now with a cell phone the best videos and why our technology can have us witnesses to countries across the world with a touch of a button. There's only some things though that God can do. How can devils be cast out by our beauty? How can children be delivered by our name? How can those things we want done in the spirit be done by the power of man? I say this morning, they cannot. They can only be do, done by the power of Almighty God. But the problem is this. The church, we have a plan to build. We have a plan to grow. We have a plan to do two services. We have a plan for parking. We have golf carts and TVs. And we have all these things to help us do church. But you hear me this morning. There will come a giant. And there will come a Jericho. There will come an AI that stands in front of us that our best plans will fall by the wayside. But the good news is this, Brother Charles. God would never let us fall if we will only lean on Jesus' name. If we will call upon his name and seek his face, God will give us a plan and God will give us direction to take us from point A to point B. Is anybody listening this morning? Somebody say amen in this house. With this thought process, though, it doesn't make sense in the natural. It only makes sense in the supernatural. But that's why we must learn to trust on Jesus. 
And understand that while we may plan our steps, it is God that directs our paths. God is the one that leads us. They that, that know his name. God will take us every step because we're no longer uh, ruled by our flesh, but we're led by the Spirit. Some people say, Brother Neil, that's easy believism. It simply means that we trust God for all things. I say, no, friend. You can call it what you want to, easy believism or simple faith. Call it whatever you want to call it. But I say it like this. I trust him. I know him and I found him to be faithful. And if anything's been done good through this vessel, it's not because I'm pretty. It's not because I'm powerful. It's because God is so fit to use this miserable clay to do something good in this life while I yet live. If you believe that, will you give God a hand of praise this morning? This foreshadows in the New Testament that it can only be salvation by Jesus and Jesus alone. So this morning, I want to show you how to see our walls fall. First of all, you must understand that in verse 1, if you would walk with me, please. In verse 1, the enemy has stopped moving because he has heard what our God has done. And he's afraid of what our God will do. The church world is standing back, pushing God away. But the enemy still knows that if the church is ever the church and allows God to move among his people, he cannot destroy the arm of God. In the book of Acts, when there was a movement taking place and they didn't know if it was God or not, one prophet stood up and said this, listen, brothers and sisters, if this thing be not of God, it'll fall by the wayside. But if this thing be of God, who can pull down the strong arm of God? I want to see God move like that again. We've left church too many times being able to explain everything that happened. I want to go home one Sunday and my boy asked me, Daddy, we don't know what happened, but we know God showed up. Can you tell me what happened? Our church is so predictable. Our preachers have got everything down. If it goes past one minute, past 12, then somebody's going to get mad and leave. I want to tell you, I still believe that there's somebody in Oconee County that is hungry for a genuine wine move of the power of God that still changes lives. Listen quickly. I'm going to move very fast. The enemy has stopped because God is on the move. The enemy is afraid. Nobody's going in and nobody's going out. The enemy has come to a complete stop because the army of God is moving forward. See, when we come to a complete stop, then the enemies of our soul are surrounding us. But when we're walking in the spirit, the enemy gets smaller because he recognizes Jehovah God on our life. Verse the problem was this even though the enemies have stopped many times we neglect to understand what God has already said see I've got 80% of the church who has praised God after God does something oh I like that preacher now I didn't like you in the first two years but I saw God using this morning see it's easy to praise God after the fact. But see, verse two says this, and the Lord said, Joshua, see. Somebody say, see. Somebody say, see with me this morning. I'm gonna preach at one o'clock if you don't listen. I'm gonna have Dino lock every door in this house if you don't listen this morning. 
That's a powerful word, see, because anybody can see white walls and green carpet, but people that walk in the Spirit can see two years from now. What God was telling Joshua, don't look with your natural eyes, but see, see what? I've already given you the keys to the house. It's powerful. The king that's living in that house, he's going to be up under your feet. And all the men that's been killing everybody, they're going to fall by the wayside. Joshua, they're shut up, not moving. By the way, boy, I'm going to give you the keys. And you're going to walk in that house and take it in my name. See, it's easy to praise God when God saved your child. But when give me the mama or the daddy that would stand up on Sunday morning and say, Neil, I don't know when and I don't know how. But God has given me the vision to see past the alcohol, see past the drugs, see past the sexual sin, see past the lasciviousness of the flesh. My child's in jail right now, but God's given me spiritual eyes to see past his failure. Why? Because I know a God that when he speaks, devils tremble. I know a God who says, if it's mine, it's mine, and nobody can take it from me. God will show up from time to time to give us these prophetic, powerful statements, these prophetic, powerful words because they build the confidence. We call it Hebrew prophetic perfect. They build the confidence of the warrior to understand before the battle that when the battle gets tough and you don't know how you're going to make it. I'm going to preach right here just for a moment. And you don't know how you're going to make it. You go right back to the beginning and you stand on the prophetic word and you say, devil, I'm going to be and have what God said I'm going to be and I'm going to have. When my oldest son, Aiden, I know you don't like me using you, but I'm your daddy, so hush. And so... I go back to when he was two and a half years old and God said on the 10th day, he will be yours and nobody believed me and on the 10th day, he was mine just like God said. But then the second part of that prophecy was this, when I went to God warring in the spirit and said, but God, I'm worried about his mind. I'm worried about some things and I felt the Holy Ghost shake me and say, don't worry about what you see or what you think. My hand is upon your child and your child will be fine in me. So every time the devil knocks at my door, I go back to when he was two and a half and I stand there and I say, devil, I see now what I saw then. And the same God that spoke then is the same God that sees now. And devil, five years from now, if hell knocks on my door, I will still be seeing then what I see now because God has given me a prophetic word that will not fail. Go back to that word. Go back to what God has spoke over your life and don't let the gates of hell take it. He says, Joshua, see, I have given. Look to your neighbor and say, it's yours. Y'all better, I'm gonna I'm call another service today three times if you don't listen. It's yours. Jericho's deed was in somebody else's bank account, but what they didn't know, God had already taken it from them. He tells Joshua now in verse three that I want you to move forward. But in verse three, it changes. Because this is where we miss it. I believe we get verse one. And I believe for the most part we get verse two. But verse three is where we miss it. Verse three is where we confuse God's plans and our plans. God says, I'm going to give you the blueprint for victory. Now listen to me. 
The way that they moved was used in World War I. It's powerful. They divide up the northern and the southern part. They go first to the hill country, understanding that Ai and Jericho are the keys to the country. And understand if they get the hill country, they get the high ground, which means they would divide and conquer. All that sounds good until God says this. God, where are my weapons? I want a stealth bomber. I want the Yorktown carrier. I want cruise missiles. I want Ben Williamson to bring his 800 guns that he has in his house. And really, he has 800 guns. I want him to bring all those. And God says, no, no, no. I don't want you to do that. I want you to get all the men together. I want you to get the Ark of the Covenant. And I want you to get a bunch of people like Danny Knight. Danny don't hunt God. Danny don't have a rifle. Danny's got a bulldog that's a poodle. You understand what I'm saying? (laughs) And God says, that's all right. I got it up under control. I don't need you for that. I just need you to be obedient. The problem with our Jericho's walls is this that some of you are battling depression and I'm not putting you down. And some of you are battling addiction and I'm gonna fight with you today. But I want you to hear me clearly because if you don't get this point, I can't help you. The blueprint that God gives you may not be the blueprint you want or the blueprint you like. Some of you are mad because you didn't get that girl that you thought you needed. But what you don't realize is that girl you want will always be like she is now. And could it just be that God was protecting you, but you're so stubborn that you can't get over it and move forward. So you're mad at everybody, mean at everybody, and God's got you on hold until you grow up in the name of Jesus Christ. You've drawn your blueprints. You've got them down pat. You've got the name, the number, the wedding day, and how many babies you got picked out. But you're cutting God short because God has something greater for your life but you're too busy telling God your plans instead of let God give you his plans wow I had to fight the devil to get to that point but I feel him now God is there to move in your life and give you the blueprint to see your wall fall. God says there's six days I want you to walk around one time, but I don't want you to say a word. And on the seventh day, I want you to walk around seven times. And on the last time, I want you to shout a shout as the priests begin to blow the trumpet. This is a reminder that God is letting them know seven being completion, seven being perfection. It was God saying to them, they say it can't fall. It's going to fall but it's going to fall my way where I get the praise and I get the glory. I don't need you to put your two cents into it, Jessica, Neil, Joey. I just need you to obey my word and the walls will fall. Some of you will never move forward in your life until you do it God's way. You're saying I'm not saved. I never said that. You're saying, preacher, I'm not sanctified. You said that, not me. Preacher, I don't like how you're preaching. Well, you will get over it. I'm telling you that God is trying to move you forward, but every time you do, you'll come to a church like this, and then God will start messing with you, and then you'll make up an excuse why you can't come. It's too far, but you'll drive 45 minutes to go get fried chicken and fried fish in Tacoa and Georgia and tartar sauce, but you can't drive here on Sunday morning because it's out the way. You're afraid of deer jumping across the road. 
oh my goodness, God, Bambi's jump like Northwell Hall is the only place they got deer running around. Maybe it's just the anointing of God that's around here that animals feel comfortable in our midst. I don't know, but we make up excuses on why, because I can't go there. Why don't you tell the truth? God used a fat preacher like myself to get up all in your business with the word because every time you get to Jericho, you run and retreat back over the river because you want to go back to Egypt. So you find some watered down church somewhere where some preacher won't push you and some preacher won't tell you what God's plans are for your life and some preacher that won't pray and fast and call prayer meetings because he's afraid that the top tide dollars might walk out of the church. But sweetie pie, I'm not that man because I hear the voice of the Holy Ghost saying their walls will fall if they will do it my way in Jesus' name. Not your way, but his way in the name of Jesus Christ. I wanted to take you to 2 Corinthians and talk about the weapons of our warfare. But for time's sake, let me give you a couple things. When we start doing it God's way, it will not make sense. But this is a blueprint for victory in your life. There's some things though that will make you uncomfortable if you're not careful and you will miss the blueprint. Now let me tell you what the Holy Ghost showed me. First of all, don't be afraid of the silence in your life. I love to shout, but sometimes God will show up in a silence and a season that will make you uncomfortable because you don't hear the roar of the lion. But just because you don't hear the roar of the lion doesn't mean the lion is dead. I want you to go six days, walk around one time. Why don't we just shoot a cannon? Why don't we just let the staff that Moses had stretch it out? No, no. I want you to be quiet. And I want you to walk around. They're going to laugh at us. And they're going to mock at us. So be it. But I want you to be silent. And I want you to walk around with all your people, not saying a word, not a whisper. Now think of that miracle. Come on, somebody. I would say something about the women there, but I'm gonna stop because I feel the anointing of God, amen? But there was silence. Don't give me those evil looks. God's in the house. Go on, stay with me. There was silence, and the silence was there. Why? Because Exodus says in 14 and 14, the Lord will fight for you while you keep silent. See, there is a time for you to understand that walking in the Spirit, you don't have to give the devil a piece of your mind, and you don't have to show out at angles. God can't give you a blueprint because some of you will get mad because somebody gets the last buggy at angles. And by the way, you can never go to Ingalls and not meet some Church of God people at Ingalls in Wahala. Don't you know that? Amen. All my visiting can be done at Ingalls twice a week. But sometimes there's a silence that we don't understand because we feel like God needs a word and we feel like God needs help and we feel like we need to prop up God. And sometimes we need to go to a prayer closet and say, God, until you tell me to speak, I'm gonna keep my mouth quiet because what you don't realize, I'm preaching to somebody, sometimes we're pushing our children away and sometimes we're pushing people away. Just love them, walk it before them and wait till God says speak. I didn't say you're always gonna be silent. I said, sometimes we've got to understand the power of being silent. Sometimes it's best not to say anything at all and just go to your prayer closet and pray in the Holy Ghost and let God fight your battle. It's one of the hardest things for me. I want to talk it out. 
I, my favorite saying, you're going to laugh at this. You good? That's my favorite saying. I do that with everybody because it really is a question. Now, it has many different meanings. But in my pastoral role, I believe that everybody should be healthy and whole and get along. But I'm learning that sometimes God will keep me silent because my words do not have power to change their life. Secondly, sometimes you've got to know when to shout. Somebody say shout. There is a time to be silent. But also there was a time to stand up and shout and that, that time was on the seventh day, on the seventh time when the walls you walk around, the completed time, lift up your voice and shout. I come to let somebody know you won't have to be silent forever. The devil has mocked you and laughed at you and told you to quit preaching and teaching because your own children are not saved. You let the devil know it's the sixth day and the seventh day's coming. Baby boy, your wall is gonna fall down and when it does, I'm gonna shout the greatest shout that you've ever seen. Aren't we still Pentecostal? It's okay to shout every now and then. Got 25 Pentecostal people. And everybody else is in here saying, oh, no, preacher. Might mess up my makeup. Oh, sweetie, bless your little heart. Might help it too, right? Sometimes it's okay to shout. On the seventh time, God says, I don't need your hands. I need your words. Why? Because in your sacrifice of praise, God shows up. He inhabits the praises of his people. Some of you don't need to go out talking about your problem and gossiping about your problem. You need to be silent. Then go to your prayer closet, walk around your house, walk around your child's bedroom, pray, pray. Brother Nolan, oh my goodness, I can't do that. I'm invading his privacy. Have you lost your mind? I wash his underwear, buy his clothes, buy his shoes, put the braces that are about to go in his mouth, and you telling me I'm going to invade his privacy because I walk in his room and pray? You have lost. You fell down and bumped your head this morning. That's what's happened. I have people tell me that. Oh, I can't do that. That's just too much. That's too religious. It's nothing religious about it. It's walking in his bedroom and putting a prayer cloth under his pillow, anointing his shoes. They're so slick he can't walk at middle school. He's sliding up on the oil. Y'all, I'm not playing. I'm being for real. Why? That's my child given to me, bone of my bone and flesh of my flesh. And you think I'm just going to give him over to the devil? No, there's a time to be silent and then there's a time to shout. There's a time to rebuke. There's a time to declare. There's a time to prophesy. There's a time to look for and know that God is prevailing on my behalf. Thirdly, this morning, there's also a time to endure. Joshua chapter 6, verse 10. You shall not shout nor let your voice be heard, nor let a word proceed out of your mouth until the day I tell you to shout. Real quickly, if you go to Hebrews 11, it says that faith prevailed on this. But if you go to Hebrews 12, it says, let us have a spirit of endurance. That means for some of you this morning, I'm about to shout with you. It may not be today, but some of us never get to the seventh day because we quit on Thursday. I'm gonna put it plain to you. If it's not worth you enduring, it's not worth it then. If your child is not worth you fasting, it's not worth it then. If your child's not worth you praying, it's not worth it. But if you love yours like I love mine, and I know you do, 
you'll march day one, three, six, seven times, seventh day to see the walls fall in their life. Lastly, we need to see walls fall again because we need to let this generation know that God is still a supernatural God. Two things that the Holy Ghost spoke to me this morning as I left the prayer room. First, this generation needs to know that he is still a supernatural God. I'm not going to exile him to a back room. I want to have happen what happened on Wednesday night, I believe it was. Now for those that linger, the seemed like the floor shook when God spoke a word to this church. This generation needs to see, listen to me, and I'm not trying to make you mad, I'm your pastor. Our kids have seen us manipulate, twist. Even have that spirit of Leviathan. You know when your baby doesn't get on the, the team, so we slide a little money to get them on the team. by listening? Because we're, wor we're more worried about their acceptance than we are their spirituality. Come on, somebody, stay with me. So they've seen us manipulate and they've seen us destroy churches. When I hear your kids running down another church, it lets me know that you've been talking about church stuff in front of your children, which if you come to my house, you will know that's a no-no. Because they can't separate church and God, they will lump it together and then hate God and you wonder why. Because you've ate up everybody in the church. The Cherry Hill Church, the Salem Church, the Baptist Church. You've ate them all up so they won't know part of it. We've done all this and I hear the Holy Ghost say, they need to see Jericho fall by my power. They need to see Eutychus raised by my power. I want this generation like I saw when a young girl took a microphone on Thursday night as, as the young man played and she starts singing and the glory of God comes in the house. Hello? And let me press it while I can press it because I know you'll receive it. A Hispanic girl singing at North Wahala, which about 30 years ago in the South couldn't have happened. But God shows up. And when his glory comes... God will take things that we never expected like our children and confound the wisdom of man. So as I close this morning, if you want your walls to fall, we must endure. We must shout. At times we might have to be silent and then other times, listen to me, we must recognize that our children need to see the glory of God again. And then lastly, some of you, and I don't know who this is for, but this came to me on Saturday night. Your seven days has felt like seven years. Your seven days has felt like 70 years. Your seven days has felt like an eternity, and you're saying, Pastor, I'm ready for Jericho to fall, but it's been a lifetime of pain. I don't know who you are. Don't you give up on God. It's time for your Jericho 
to fall. Would you stand with me all over the house, please? Would you bow your heads with me? We're so close to a breakthrough. We're so close to a breakthrough. God, for every hurt and pain in this house, let Jericho fall. There are good people in this house with bad reputation. People have said bad things about them and the only problem with them is this. They're just shut up behind the walls of Jericho. I should say shut out. They're in pain and they're hurting and they just need a breakthrough. We're going to open these altars to them today, God. In about three seconds, God, I'm going to start inviting people to come. And I want to see those who are broken delivered today. Every wound, every scar in Jesus' name. It is time for walls to fall. With every head bowed and every eye closed all over the house. You say, Pastor, Neil, man, I'm hurting. I'm mad. I'm fatigued. I'm frustrated. All right. But I want to trust you to see my walls fall. Would you step out right now? Count of three. One, two, three. Come, come, come right now. Come, young person. Come right now. Come right now. Praise God. Praise God. Praise God. Walls fall. God's way. Walls fall. If you're dealing with depression or anxiety, I want you to come stand right here to my right, your left. Depression or anxiety, and you're not afraid. Who cares what people think? Come stand right here. God's way. God's way. Praise God. Praise God. If you're struggling with addiction, say, you know, I, I need these walls to fall. Would you come to my far right? Nobody's going to judge you. We're going to pray. God's going to give you the blueprint for victory. That's his word today. Would you come? Would you come? Would you come? Would you come, please? Crystal, I want you to come back up here. I want to sing that song that we sung earlier, please. Danny, whoever you need to help you, I, I don't know who you need, but I want to sing. I want to have church. Praise him, praise him. All right, if I can have leaders, come stand behind them, please. Hold on. Others oh, still need to be at this altar, and I have not been released yet. The Spirit of God is searching this church for you today. Would you step out by faith? Come now. Let the past go, your brokenness and your pain. I throw the lifeline again for you, sir. Would you come out by faith? Step out by faith in Jesus' name. Would you pray, church, with me? Would you pray? Would you pray? Father, save in this house. Save in this house. Save in this house. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Now, would you lift your hands? Let's begin the worship. Let's begin the sing. Would you do that?